This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has approved two new treatments for sickle cell disease. Now, if you're unfamiliar, it's a group of inherited blood disorders that cause a person's red blood cells to become misshapen and die early. Now, it leaves them with a shortage of healthy blood and can even very painfully block a person's blood flow. Sickle cell disease is most common among Black Americans. According to the National Institutes of Health, of all the people hospitalized for sickle cell disease between 2016 and 2018, 93% of them were Black. Now, the disease is known to be excruciating, but so far, new treatments have had incredible success in relieving that pain. Here to explain these new breakthroughs and what it means for people living with sickle cell is Dr. Shivi Jain, Associate Professor of Medicine and Director of the Hemoglobinopathy Program at Rush University Medical Center. Welcome to Reset, Doctor. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Also with us is Dr. Sonali Chowdhury, Director of Stem Cell Transplantation and Cellular Therapies at Lurie Children's Hospital. Welcome, Dr. Chowdhury. Thanks for having me. So... uh, I'll start with you, Dr. Chowdhury. Tell us more about sickle cell, because I know some of us have heard terms like sickle cell anemia or sickle cell crisis. Uh, Personally, I know the sickle cell trait runs in my family, but what does all that mean? So sickle cell disease is a disease, is an inherited disease, which is caused uh, by a defective gene in your hemoglobin. And when your gene is completely defective, that can cause, which means both the hemoglobins are abnormal, that is disease, and if you have only one hemoglobin chain that is abnormal, that is trait. Hemoglobin SS, or sickle cell disease, is when your hemoglobin is abnormal, you cannot carry oxygen, and inability to carry oxygen properly leads to significant complications such as uh, venoclusive crises or significant excruciating pain, mm-hmm. as well as strokes in the severely affected. Yeah, let's uh, talk more about that, Dr. Jane. Talk more about the symptoms for folks living with the, uh, with the disease and, and how it's typically treated. So the most common symptom that patients with sickle cell disease face is pain crisis, which can happen in a very unpredictable way, and there can be several triggers unique to each patient. These can be episodes of excruciating pain, um, and most of the time the patients need medical attention. And uh, the main uh, therapy is uh, pain medications that include opioids and other forms of pain uh, medications that can be given to these patients. Let's hear a first-hand account. Uh, we've got audio of Jalen Matthews, who's a 27-year-old woman who's been living with sickle cell her entire life. Here's what she has to say about the, the promise of this new treatment. I know for someone like myself who goes through red cell exchanges once every seven to eight weeks, this one-time kind of cure, I think, is very, very need- very much so needed. Um, it again, for someone like me, cuts down having to go to the hospital every month into doing this treatment and then just getting regularly checked by my doctor. So I think it's something that's really needed for the sickle cell community. Let's talk more about these new treatments, Dr. Chowdhury. Uh, They're called uh, Kesjevi and Lifgenia. Both are gene editing therapies, as I mentioned. So first, what does that mean? And give us the goal of these new therapies. So gene therapy is means of replacing a non-functional hemoglobin S with a functional 
uh, hemoglobin. And this can be done either by CRISPR vertex or the caspase mechanism or infecting a stem cell with a lentivirus. In both these cases, the abnormal hemoglobin S or sickle gene is replaced by a normal functioning hemoglobin. What that means is that these patients then get transformed into a trait-like status and do not have any other complications of sickle cell disease. Mm. Uh, Kastjevi uses a, a novel gene editing tool, which is called CRISPR. What is CRISPR, Dr. Jane, and how is it different from other stem cell transplant therapies? Yes, Kastjevi is one of the first kind of gene editing modality, you know, that has been approved. Uh, Cas9, CRISPR-associated protein 9, is an enzyme that can actually go and, you know, remove or edit a certain area in our genetic material, the DNA, and edit the DNA to receive or, you know, produce the intended outcome, which in CRISPR is they are trying to silence a particular gene and thus enhance the production of the fetal hemoglobin, which if in higher percent present in the red cells, can protect them from breaking down, which we call hemolysis due to sickling. Mm -hmm. And help us make sense of this, Dr. Chowdhury, because I know that sometimes when folks hear stem cells or gene editing, all of that can sound a little science fiction, right? So I think what will be on the top of folks' minds is, is this treatment safe? So far, initial data suggests that this treatment is safe, and there have been no cases of either insertional mutagenesis due to the viral vector or uh, any cases of malignancy reported in this group of patients with the vertex CRISPR sickle product. Yeah. Are there side effects? There are side effects which would be similar to chemotherapy, which is given with any stem cell transplant. How's this new treatment on the kidneys, Dr. Jane? So um, looking at the data from the clinical trial, there has not been a, a particular concern in it affecting the kidneys um, in any concerning way. As Dr. Chaudhary mentioned, most of the side effects are when patients receive this high-dose chemotherapy just before getting the infusion of the product. So like lower white cell count, low platelet count, increased mm -hmm. risk of infection, some itching, headache, and so on. So after receiving this treatment, Dr. Jane, are, are people still at risk for sickle cell complications? Does that still so, happen? Um, from the trial data, where it was shown that about 90% of the patients who were uh, you know, evaluable in the CRISPR trial became completely free of the pain crisis during the designated study period and protocol. Um, but um, so that is the main goal of the treatment is to freedom from pain crisis. Um, and that is what was achieved. We still need more long-term follow-up to see how this treatment is going to impact the other aspects of sickle cell disease and its impact on organ function, bone health, heart, liver, kidney function. Mm -hmm. and, and so we're clear, Dr. Chowdhury, talk about the difference, the main difference between these treatments that we're discussing today and other sickle cell treatments. So there's only two uh, one-time cures for sickle cell disease that are known. One is gene therapy and the other is 
allogeneic transplant. As we described in gene therapy, a patient's own cells are removed and are modified and the genetic error corrected. And these cells are then reinfused into the patient after chemotherapy. These are usually associated with upfront toxicities on organ function, but most patients after the first six-month period are doing well without any toxicities. In the other case of stem cell transplants, we need to use cells from unrelated or related donors, and these are patients who get infusion of cells from these donors after chemotherapy. And in some cases, have toxicities specifically related to Graves' disease that last, can last for longer. However, we've put in a lot better in allogeneic transplant as well. So, Dr. Jane, in this announcement uh, from the FDA, we learned, you know, that this these new gene therapies are for patients who are 12 and older. But talk us through this. Is there a difference in treatment for patients living with sickle cell who are adults versus those who are kids? There have been some uh, differences, you know, and I really want to mention the bone marrow transplant, which was more successful in the younger patient population with sickle cell disease because when uh, the majority of the younger uh, young adult patients with sickle cell disease that I see sometimes cannot have access to transplant either due to challenges in finding a donor or because of the uh, organ complications or uh, chronic long-term complications from the disease that they have already developed, you know, by the time they are younger and older. Mm-hmm. So this uh, gene therapy, I think, is a huge uh, a stepping stone to open up the avenue to access potentially curative treatment for our uh, young adults with sickle cell disease who cannot have access to bone marrow transplant. It really expands the horizon to have access to a curative treatment for this particular patient population. To that end, I mean, talk us through how, how exactly does age affect the progression of sickle cell disease? Yeah, so the complications of sickle cell disease, in addition to the acute complications of uh, acute pain episodes, as patients grow older, they develop chronic pain from sickle cell disease. They can have long-term effects on the functioning of their kidney. They can have chronic kidney disease. And, you know, it's not uncommon to see sometimes patients in their late 20s or early 30s requiring dialysis support for kidney function. Similarly, due to, you know, receiving a lot of blood transfusions, patients can develop excess iron, iron overload, and its complications that can affect the functioning of their heart and liver. When they develop these organ complications, then that sometimes can pose challenges and barriers for them to be eligible for a stem cell transplant. Mm -hmm. So with this cure and the fact that it essentially is an autologous transplant, meaning patients' own cells are taken, they are treated in the lab, and then patient gets chemotherapy to sort of, you know, clean the bone marrow, and then their own cells are given back to them. I'm hoping this may improve access for our younger adult sickle cell patients to curative treatment. Yeah. Uh, speaking of access, uh, another thing I'm curious about, Dr. Chaudhry, is, is the price tag of this, right? These gene editing therapies, they're quite expensive. So is this a one-time fee? We hope that it's a one-time fee. So I do want to make clear that the average cost, or average lifelong cost for a patient with severe sickle cell disease is a lot. Mm-hmm. In terms of very studies have shown prices between $1 to $2 million a year uh, for their lifetime cost of sickle cell disease. Uh, we hope that not 
these products, which are about 2 to $3 billion in cost, would account for not just a cost-effective means of, uh, of cure physical cell disease, but also there is no value that can be pay- placed on the quality of life that these patients and the families who have to provide care for these patients will have. Do we know yet if insurance companies will cover the cost of these gene therapies, doctor? We know from the upfront for thalassemia that gene therapy is being covered by insurance companies. And from our early discussions at Laurie Children's here, we are a qualified treatment center for both Bluebird and Vertex, and we have been given some early indications that insurance will be covering these costs. So, Dr. Jane, leave us with this. I mean, as as we talked about earlier, this was the first time the FDA approved a treatment that uses that gene editing tool, CRISPR. So what do you think that this FDA approval signals about the future of treatments for this and other diseases? Sasha, I would like to say that finally, you know, this is a huge step that we have come out of the lab and we are now in the field. We are ready to help our patients, you know. So this is very exciting, a moment for, you know, the sickle cell disease community, just like we have had similar treatment approval, um, something like Levgina for the thalassemia patients. So it is very, very encouraging and exciting. But I think this is a first stepping stone because there are a lot of questions that need to be answered in terms of how this treatment, you know, will be safely administered to our patients, long-term outcomes, impact on the physical, mental, and emotional disease burden for these patients. And, you know, it but definitely opens avenues for further uh, such novel therapies to help uh, patients living with chronic diseases like sickle cell disease. Yeah. We'll leave it there. That's Dr. Shivi Jain, Associate Professor of Medicine and Director of the Hemoglobinopathy Program at Rush University Medical Center. Also, Dr. Sonali Chowdhury, who's Director of Stem Cell Transplantation and Cellular Therapies at Lurie Children's Hospital. Thank you both.